Hello there, and welcome to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I am Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Joining us in a bit will be Scotty Hertz as we again divide up the hard labor of interviewing all of the, or as many as possible, people who are running for city council in this election here in Guelph. And we will continue with this effort in this episode. Open Source is a CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show, and you can find us here every Thursday at 5 p.m. as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world. And we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians, which this week will be five who are running for city council. We will do Michelle Bowman from Ward 1, John Bertrand, Dallas Green, and Michelle Richardson, who are all running in Ward 3. And then we will wrap up with Ward 5 Councillor Kathy Downer, who is running for re-election there. That is all I am going to say for me, for my end. I'll be back at the end of the show for the outro. But now let's get right in to this week's slate of interviews starting right now okay michelle bowman thank you so much for hopping on today thanks very much for having me and for all you do to educate guelph on political issues oh well uh, <laughs> people know me people know you you ran federally in the last federal election so uh what have you been up to lately <laughs> yeah i guess um i just Recovered from the federal election, and it was kind of a reflective summer, um, whether or not to stay really heavily involved in the Green Party of Canada or to run municipally. I've been thinking about both for a long time, and so yeah, I just spent the summer really reflecting on what I wanted to do. Mm. Well, let's talk about the transition then, uh, running to be uh, the a green MP for, for Guelph uh, to running for uh, a city councillor position, I guess, um, you know, are you able to talk about a lot of the same things that you're interested in, like being the federal representative as, you know, being a city representative, are they kind of two different beasts that you're trying to wrangle, you know, is there, but is there a lot of crossover, you know? Yeah, I'd say there's definitely a lot of crossover. I think more and more issues, We have big issues to tackle and they need to be tackled um, from all three levels of government as well as outside government. So I feel happy I can work on the issues that are important to me, that were important to me federally, and maybe even more so municipally, because that's where the real action happens is locally. So can you talk specifically about uh, the local action and, you know, what, what, like what, like what kind of effect can you have locally that maybe you couldn't have as if you were the, you know, one of a handful of MPs uh, for the Green Party sitting in Parliament right now? Yeah, I think, well, climate change is, I think, the issue of the day. And this is where the emissions happen. It's coming from people's cars, from people's homes, from industries in the community. Um, so I think there's lots we can do with respect to climate change and also social justice. So um, for me, I got into this game because of the environment, but I'm equally as passionate about social issues. And I think they're 
they're completely linked. So for me, if I can make people's lives in Guelph easier and better, they'll have more energy to put towards the bigger issue. So I, mm-hmm. I just saw all the pieces of the puzzle kind of fitting together at the local level. Interesting. And, and for people who may not live in Ward 1 and uh, haven't seen your, your signs, you've been doing signs differently as sort of a reflection of that. Yes, yeah. Um, both um, for the federal election and the municipal election, I used reusable shopping bags um, for lawn signs for residential homes. Um, I tried using them all around Ward 1 this time, but pretty much all my boulevard signs are gone. So actually tonight I'm putting up, it It hurt me to do it, but I printed 50 plastic signs just for the bigger bigger roads and those will go up tonight. So. Is that because people, you know, we, we hear a lot about the sign vandalism that's going on or maybe people just really need a shopping bag. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it's a bit of both that they're just a <laughs> bit easier to lift. And, um, and yeah, unfortunately there's been a lot of vandalism in, I don't know if it's more prevalent in ward one. I think it is, but. Mm. Uh, ward one vastly different beast than the previous ward one in this election uh it is one of the four right uh i was going to say ridings well, now i'm getting confused about federal and local but <laughs> it's one of the four wards that ha- essentially has an open seat right now um so as you're sort of like going out and talking to people you know again admitting that you know dan is not invulnerable and he may very well not win the election he might but he might not um you know what are people in ward one telling you that they're looking for in terms of representation now i'm surprised um the biggest issue i'm hearing at the door is really about traffic safety so i didn't realize how bad it was and it kind of culminated in the really tragic accident that happened a little while ago just a couple of blocks from my house and Mm. it was um, also the grandson of um, a really strong green supporter so it hit close to home um, yeah in lots of different ways what was the accident if you don't mind me asking or if you can give details yeah there was um, two young men involved um, they were turning on to one of the side streets off Grange Road, and um, one of them lost their lives, and the other one is being um, charged with um, traffic violations. So it's just a really sad story all along around. That was the the motorcycle accident. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a couple, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the one in right in the center of Ward One. Yeah, that that is tough. Uh, and I, I think that's also a universal issue um, in this election. Uh, people are worried about safety and people think safety uh, or people hear safety and they sometimes think about, you know, uh, break-ins or, you know, assaults or things like that. But I, th- I think when people are talking safety in this election, they really mean, you know, on the road, you know, the kind of pedestrian pun intended safety issues of, you know, not wanting to get run over by someone speeding through the neighborhood. Yeah, there's definitely issues with people that drive, bike, walk. Um, and I'd, I'd say also that other safety issues that were never really of concern in Ward 1 are becoming issues. So there's lots more porch pirates, lots more vandalism mm-hmm. to personal property. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I left my wallet on the front seat of my car overnight by mistake <laughs> in the past. And that was maybe 10 years ago. It would still be there in the morning, but I'm not sure it would be now. So it's yeah. really changed quite a bit. You talk in your website about um, affordability, but you also talk about balance. Um, I'm wondering, can those two things coexist and, and how can they coexist? Because, um, you know, there are a lot of financial pressures on city hall, a lot of needs to, to meet the, or a lot of demands to meet the growing needs of the community. So, um, you know, how, how in your mind do we balance those two priorities? Yeah, I think they're always kind of presented as um, opposing, opposing goals. And I think the same with the environment that they're not actually opposing that they're complementary. So some things I think would really help is to incorporate some diverse views. So we have this status quo of how we do things. And there's lots of great ideas. And even some of the things that will come up in council in the next term were conceived like five years ago, mm. when it was a very different world pre COVID. So um, yeah, I think by incorporating diverse views, um, lived experiences, actually talking to the residents, having surveys, like surveys, taking surveys as a science, and I think we can do it better to get better data about what really people would like. And then there's also novel efficiencies. So I was a grad student for the better part of my life, and I kind of almost never got out of that lifestyle. So um, where there's a will, there's a way. You can find ways to have what you want, but do it more efficiently, more cost effectively. Mm. So those are some of the ways. Oh, the last thing I wanted to mention was just building consensus. So mm. a lot of times we talk about these things for an hour or whatever the set amount of time is we come to the best conclusion we can in that time. But for the really big issues, I wanna see us take the time to build more consensus around the horseshoe. Mm. So, I mean, the library is a really polarizing issue right now. And I don't think we should be voting on things when the community's that polarized. We need to find a path forward that more people can live with before we we vote on it. Well, I did notice you mentioned and also mentioned on your website about consultation. And I feel like the library is one of those kind of weird issues because, you know, it comes to the council, everyone who delegates is for it, but then you read the comment section on Guelph Today or whatever, and there are so many opposing voices. And, you know, to use the science parlance, you know, what's the delta? What are we missing? Yeah, definitely. I think that's one thing we need to examine that in the budget. We need to build some more consensus before it comes to a vote because we don't want it to be based just on a couple of votes by council. We want more people to be happy with the path forward for sure. All right. Well, then that brings us to the most essential question of this interview, okay. which is where can people learn more about you and your campaign? Uh, my website is michellebowman.ca, and there's links to all my social media accounts, my phone number, lots of emails. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from people.
I'm joined by John Bertrand, one of the eight people vying for the two available seats in Ward 3 in the municipal elections on October 24. Thanks for joining us today, John. Well, thanks for having me, Scott. I really appreciate it. So I, I suspect that uh, you may be a familiar face to a few people in town, but for the benefit of the listeners, uh, can you just tell us a bit about yourself? I, I was raised with three siblings, and I was taught at a young age by my parents that if you want something in life, you have to go and work hard for it. Uh, so that's what I did. I wasn't born into money, and I didn't get any handouts. Uh, as the years went by, I worked in restaurants, and then I was in the factory industry. I even owned a packaging company there for a bit. I was always trying to become the best version of myself with each career move. I made the decision to become a realtor over 10 years ago when I realized after buying my first home that being a real estate agent isn't about sales and that the agent actually really couldn't make me buy that house. But it's more about mentoring, advising, and helping people achieve their goals while, uh, while helping them build their wealth for the future. I live in Ward 3. I'm a husband, and I'm a father of two girls. Kind of related to the real estate, your area of expertise is uh, your plan to address affordability and particularly within the housing crisis in town. I guess they're kind of separate issues, but they're intertwined. So specific to housing, how would you in your capacity as a counselor work to address the affordability issue in terms of places for people to live in Guelph? Well, well that's, a, that's a great question, Scotty. Um, we, we, we need to work closer with developers on, on getting their approvals faster. As a realtor, I'm seeing new construction delays on a monthly basis, and that's just unacceptable during a housing crisis. If we constantly have a lack of supply, then demand continues to grow, making affordable housing more difficult to achieve. And we aren't the only ones experiencing this, by the way. We, we need to work with other municipalities to attain more supply. Otherwise, once we have it figured out, well, then their demand is just going to continue to spill onto us. We need to encourage second dwellings and accessory apartments through grants uh, or low interest loans so that we don't only rely on high rises to increase our density. This way we don't sacrifice Guelph's history and, and character. That's really important to us. So this is, municipal is always a fairly long campaign period, and I'm sure you've been uh, making the rounds out in Ward 3. What have people been saying to you? What's been their main area of concern that you've been hearing? Are you seeing a trend? or? Yeah. During, during my campaign so far, I've heard a few of the same concerns. Affordability and the rising number of community members experiencing homelessness is the most common. Uh, theft is also an issue I've heard a number of times. Road maintenance and safety is a big one. The upkeep of our parks for safety reasons is something I've heard a few times. The tracks on Edinburgh holding up traffic during busier hours. The mental health crisis is a rising concern. I've also heard council uh, takes too long to make decisions and they drag out their meetings, so they'd like to see results faster. Although it's not a municipal issue, people are expressing their fears and concerns about the privatization of health care. The small businesses, let's not forget them, they're they're having an issue finding staff right now. Uh, these are the most common concerns I'm hearing, but not, not the only ones. And should I be elected, I fully plan to start addressing these concerns and bring them to council's attention. You mentioned safety there, and that is something that's been top of mind. We've heard it from other candidates as well, and it means different things to different people. So as a councillor, how would you kind of strive to improve safety in town? And what, what do you think could be done at City Hall on that? 
From a city hall point of view, I'd, I'd have to review the budget with, uh, with my fellow councillors and, and see exactly what we can allocate towards it. A couple ideas I have is, is maybe, you know, during the peak hours of one o'clock a.m., having surveillance go around and we can't spend a lot of money on it, but just enough to maybe scare the, the, the people who are doing this. We could also encourage neighborhood groups to, to help look out for each other. This is going to be something we're going to need to discuss and, and see what we can come up with. It's been brought to my attention a few times, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking of solutions for this issue. So another topic which never fails to energize people during municipal elections and year-round is city taxes and the tax rate. What would your approach be to that if elected? Do the taxes too high? Are they in the right place? Too low? No one ever says too low, but... Yeah, I can't say they're too low. You know, this is a really tough question because I haven't been in office. I haven't seen the books. I don't know what our budget looks like. I am a realtor. I, I, I am familiar with construction costs. I know when it comes to paving roads and, and things like that, it's it's not a cheap job. Uh, I had a plaza listed and they went to redo the, um, the, the parking lot and that cost them six figures to just repave the parking lot. So I, I know these things aren't cheap. Uh, what I'd like to see is maybe better spending of the money. I, I don't want to see the taxes continue to go up. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to review the budget and, and see where we can save money and uh, allocate money, prioritize things better, and go from there. I'm sorry, I can't get you get you a definitive answer because I'm not in office, so I don't know what the inside scoop there is. Of course, we don't want to see our taxes go higher. Ward 3 is an interesting slice of town. It's got a, a mix of residential kind of to the south end and then commercial and industrial to the north. And it's stayed a bit static. The residential area is dedicated single family housing and industrial is what it is. Do you see any room for growth there in terms of what's been happening in the rest of town? Like we've seen, say, in the ward near the downtown with, with uh, condominiums? Or how do you see Ward 3 and kind of like the, the bigger picture of the next over the next few years in terms of development? Yeah, you're not going to see the, the type of development um, we're experiencing in, in Ward 6, for example. But but there, there are things uh, we can do in Ward 3. We, we do have some, some zoning changes we could make. Uh, I, I think we can intensify Willow a little bit. We've got to be careful and strategic about it. But uh, Willow is an area that we can maybe intensify. Um, accessory apartments, we can start uh, approving those easier for, for residents. Maybe accessory um dwellings on their property if, if their land meets the criteria uh, things like that we we can intensify ward three still and we we need to find ways to do so maybe approval of uh, triplexes and uh, fourplexes to to some some old single detached homes uh, th- things like that if in October, you were elected. What would you like to see as the first order of business when council sits again in November? Well, I have to familiarize myself with uh, all the open projects and get brought up to speed on everything. I plan to review the budgets and see where we can start saving some money. As I mentioned earlier, um, there's a number of concerns Ward 3 has expressed to me, so I'll be bringing them to council's attention and we'll start to prioritize these concerns. 
As for me personally, I feel like affordable housing is a bridge to so many issues we're experiencing in Guelph. So I think that's one of the first conversations we need to have as council. When voters go to the polls in October, why should they vote for you as one of their two choices for Councillor Ward 3? I know past councils have worked hard and diligent to improve Guelph, and it hasn't gone unnoticed. We have these inspirational quotes we use at our company, but one really resonates with me, and it goes like this. You can have reasons or results, but you can't have both. We need to start focusing on results. That said, it's time to do politics differently. This election, we need to vote for the candidates who can work collaboratively with each other to get the results our city is asking from us. As a realtor, this is what I do on a regular basis. We have to come up with a win-win situation or a situation for our clients. I have to find ways to work together with other realtors to achieve our clients' goals. My commitment to Ward 3 is to hold other governments accountable and to be a strong advocate. I will address affordability, transit, mental health, homelessness, equality, climate crisis, and be your voice. I hope I can earn your trust and support and um, your vote this upcoming election. Well, that's great. Thanks for joining us today, John. And if people would like to get in touch with you, find out more about you and what you do, how can they do that? Well, I'll keep it simple for everyone. Uh, I have a website. It's johnbertrandforguelph.ca. And that's F-O-R, not the number. So johnbertrandforguelph.ca. And then from there, you can link to my email. You can link to uh, my Facebook page, which I'm updating regularly. Um, I will be getting a Twitter. I'm in the process of that right now. And the link will be on my website as well. So my website is going to be your one-stop shop for all communications. I'm speaking to Dallas Green, one of the eight candidates running for the two available seats in Ward 3 in the upcoming municipal election on October 24th. Thanks for joining us today, Dallas. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on, uh, Scotty. So for the benefit of the listeners who might not know who you are, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, I guess my my little spiel that I've got on my website is uh, talking about how I came to Guelph in about ni- 1995. Uh, I lived all over Canada. My father was in the military. So uh, when he retired, he retired to Lindsay, Ontario. I left there, did a program called Katimovic, which places you, uh, vol- you volunteer in three different places around Canada. So I went to uh, Ile Perro, Quebec, Aylesford, Nova Scotia, and then Guelph, where I volunteered at the Arboretum. And I fell in love with it. The music scene, the downtown scene, the people, the culture. I just have never seen this many different people in my life living on army bases. Everybody kind of looked like me. And it's, uh, I've been here ever since. I still live here with my uh, amazing and supporting wife, Sally, and our cats, uh, Abe and Kahuna. I've been volunteering in the community with a ton of different places. My most uh, I guess the proudest is uh, working with St. John Ambulance. Uh, with St. John Ambulance here in Guelph, I've been a volunteer for 17 years. Yeah, I just love Guelph. So we're about a month out at this point from the polls, and I'm sure you've been out and about in Ward 3. What have you been hearing from people? Uh, what What's top of mind this time around? Uh, ward 3 is one of those weird, uh, I guess every ward is kind of like that, but uh, Ward 3 seems to have that biggest I don't even know the words to use for it, but that biggest jump in pay, we've got some of the the absolute poorest in Guelph, that really poor socioeconomic area. Plus, we've got a lot of those uh, 
those very expensive homes and very expensive neighborhoods as well. Uh, super diverse as well. So there's, there's all the different topics that are going on. Some of the big ones, housing, obviously, every candidate that you've talked to, every candidate that's out there is talking about housing between uh, affordable housing, supportive housing, building more houses, all of this. The railway, the railway goes through that junction area and it's a pretty big topic right now. A lot of people are pretty heated about wanting it, not wanting it. It's uh, affecting many businesses, uh, affecting many homes, families that have been there, families and homes that have been there hundreds of years might have to move because of this. Uh, we do need this two-way rail, but we also need people to stay in their homes as well. So we, that's going to be one of those things we're going to have to figure out how to do this uh, well. Parks, as in everywhere in Guelph, we've got some brand new parks in the area. We've got some Drew Park, for example. I went and checked it out a couple days ago, and it's basically a, a rusty swing set and a on a basketball net in the middle of a field, and that's about all, and uh, it needs to be, be worked on. Traffic, speeding, going down London Road is a raceway right now. So much confusion with traffic. You know, how, how fast is this? Is this a 40? Is it only a 50? I'm going to sign on one end, one on the other. There's all of a sudden there's a pedestrian crossing and there's a park here and families want to go to the park and that's going on everywhere. But uh, definitely those are some of the big ones I'm getting from, uh, from the folks in Ward 3. And so you mentioned it there, and it is emerging as one of the top issues, and that is affordability, particularly when it comes to housing. So how do you think City Hall and maybe by extension yourself as a councillor could work to improve housing and housing affordability for people in Guelph? The simple answer is build more units. We just need to keep building more units, build the apartments, build the single houses, duplexes, triplexes, uh, student housing, rental, multi-generational houses. Just build more houses is the, is the simple answer, but it does come down to the compl- complicated answer of what kind of units uh, do we need? The affordability is it's a massive issue. I've got friends that have lived in Guelph for many years and they're raising their family and they can't afford the rent. My wife and I are a perfect example. We're probably a month or two away from, if we didn't have jobs, we'd be looking for a new house and we can't afford to find a new place. We're very, very lucky that our, uh, our landlord is great with us, but it's that close. We need to, yeah, plain and simple, we need to build more houses. Uh, smart and effectively, we can't just plop down a hundred story tower in the middle of Exhibition Park um, that's not going to work, but we do need to build more up, not out. I've been saying that for many years, but again, making sure that everybody's uh, on board with this. So another one of your priorities you talked about in uh, your campaign material is uh, safety. Now, if elected, how would you work to improve safety in both the ward you're in, but Guelph as well? I know some of the other candidates are pushing a little bit towards uh, one of the big hot button items is the, is police and defunding and allocating resources everywhere. I think we need to give them what they need. Uh, we need to listen to them, that uh, the, the folks that are on the front lines. We need to listen to those paramedics, the firefighters, the police officers. They do need better training. They know that. They have amazing training, though. I've worked for the 17 years I've been in St. John Ambulance. I've almost annually worked with them with de-escalation training as a, as a volunteer participant. They do amazing work. But they need that training. They need the technology and equipment. They need. I'm so happy that we were getting the the red light cameras, uh, speed cameras. Might be another great idea. Get those folks back into helping to uh, fight the 
pressing crimes. I, I use in quotation marks, and uh, but we still have those crimes of people speeding. Just uh, just this morning, I was reading about uh, somebody stole a taxi and launched this taxi. Well, what if somebody was there? Mm. We've lost many lives over that already with uh, people that are speeding. We know what's dangerous. All of those things need to come into play. So we just need to make sure that all those folks, the paramedics, firefighters, police, um, the, the the province deals with the social workers, but get those social workers out there. The impact program that we have is amazing, matching social workers with police officers. Um, and we're seeing the results. We are one of the safest cities in Canada, and we can always do better. So, so something else you've mentioned as a priority is job creation, which can be a difficult portfolio. So how would you bring that into being as a counselor? How could council as a whole better serve the city in that area? When it comes to job creation, we need to make have businesses be able to come here. Um, consistently, I'm hearing from builders, from businesses, that Guelph is a hard place to work around. Um, there's so many roadblocks in the way to get people here to build houses, to build factories, to build job opportunities we need to it's the old if we build them they will come we look at the uh all the uh, uh development down in the south end we're getting massive industry out there uh from sleeman to my mind's just drawing a blank right now but there's so many amazing places out there we look at waterloo and the technology hub that they have out there well why not guelph um we can do that we have amazing. We have a we have a world class university uh, right here in town. Let's keep these students here and keep them working in Guelph. They a lot of people come to Guelph. They love Guelph. They want to stay in Guelph. Let's give them an opportunity to do that by encouraging more businesses to come here. So, if you were elected in October, what would you like to see as the first order of business at City Hall? First thing I want to I want to see is a collaboration. Our our leaders haven't been working together uh, in the last several years, um, and that's part of the reason why I decided to run in Ward Three was exactly that reason. I found that the current councillors in Ward Three have voted against a lot of things, and it seems to be almost political. Uh, kind of my platform I'm going with is the is the whole people before politics and. We need to stop that. We need to work for the people. And that's what those elected folks are. So sure, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go after the folks that I'm uh, running against, politely, of course, um, but I'm going to go after them. And so that first job that I want to do when I get there is uh, walk across that uh, horseshoe and shake hands with anybody, whoever I'm running against and uh, get that person on board with me and start talking and get our leaders together so that we can get on the same page and start getting things done. And I guess the second thing after that is to get shovels in the ground, uh, start getting people in here, getting biz or, uh, businesses and getting um, builders in here to start building houses. Uh, this needs to be done. Thanks for joining us today, Dallas. And uh, if, if people want to get in touch with you, find out more about you and what you do, how can they do that? I guess the easiest way would probably be going to uh, the website that I've created for the uh, campaign. Uh, it is Dallas Green for Guelph. Make sure you look for that for Guelph because Dallas Green tends to either, if you Google Dallas Green, you'll either get the singer or you're going to get uh, 
Dallas Cowboys versus Green Bay <laughs> Packers. That's what tends to come up a lot. So that dallasgreenforguelph.com. Uh, and then that'll have links to uh, contact me from my email. And it'll also uh, get to my Facebook page as well. So I'm on there quite, uh, I'm on there daily checking out to see what's going on. And uh, those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. Okay, Michelle Richardson, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Why don't we start off by uh, learning a bit more about you and, uh, you know, tell us a bit about uh you know your your past and um you know why you're running for office now sure sure well uh both my parents were born and raised in guelph and uh i was actually born in edmonton because my dad was serving in the canadian military so we were out there for a couple of years and then uh came back to guelph and i did grow up in ward three uh spent my days in uh, sunny acres park those were back in the day when you could uh you get up, you had breakfast, you went to the park, you came home for lunch, you went to the park, came home from dinner, and went to the park till the streetlights came on. So, it, you know, I have a fond, I had many family members in that area as well. So it was, it was a real community. And uh, when I finished school, I went on to become a registered nurse and uh, married my husband and both our girls have been uh, raised in Guelph. Uh, I worked at, at St. Joe's Hospital for 13 years, uh, and then I went on to work at the County of Wellington. Um, I still work for the County of Wellington in the HR department, and I'm a member of the Patient and Family Advisory Committee at the Guelph General Hospital. And I'm also on the steering committee for the master planning for the uh, new hospital for the city of Guelph. Okay. Uh, in my spare time, uh, you'll either find me boxing at the gym or on the golf course. <laughs> Uh, it, it's interesting your background and you know when you mentioned that you're on the steering committee for for the new hospital I'm sure a lot of ears perked up when they hear that um, given your experience in healthcare, you know we don't typically think of healthcare as a, a kind of local issue it's you know mostly managed from the province but you know to your mind is there benefits to having someone with your background on council and having that eye um again given that very specific issue of concern that people have with uh, with a new hospital absolutely because it's the residents of Guelph that are going to be using that hospital and uh my background as a registered nurse gives me a really unique perspective as to what the staff need but also as a patient and family user on that committee, it's uh, working to make sure that I'm a voice for the residents of Guelph that are going to be using that hospital. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to look at your ward. It's interesting. Uh, you know, you grew up in Ward 3. You work in Ward 3 for <laughs> so many years. Uh, St. Joe's right there in the middle of Ward 3. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk a bit about you know, we, we think of Ward 3, I guess, probably being kind of universally one of the more older parts of, of the city, like, basically unchanged in the last ward review process. Um, but interestingly, Ward 3 also has the most number of candidates tied with Ward 2. So uh, there must be something going on in Ward 3 that has people concerned, something kind of you know, in, an undercurrent that maybe says uh, things are not as static in Ward 3 as, as they look. And I, and I don't know if it's specifically a Ward 3 issue. I have been out talking to uh, some of the residents and, you know, I'm hearing that the railway underpass is a big concern for them. And, you know, that's certainly on the city's radar already. And they'll be doing an environmental assessment for that. And hopefully that'll give us some other options 
Um, safe, the safe communities are a big priority. Uh, traffic flow, especially around the London, London uh, Road and Exhibition, uh, Exhibition Park area. That, uh, again, is also on the city's radar and been identified as a priority. But I'm not sure if it's just the climate of the more, the, the, the more uh, extensive needs, you know, the homelessness, the mental health issues, the affordable housing, and just that post-pandemic uh, phase that we're in. That people are really seeing that it's a really important time for all level of governments, but also a really important time for municipal government. I guess that ties a bit into your your three word slogan on your website: recover, revive, and thrive. Um, can you talk a bit about you know the, how you kind of it's it's great alliteration, but uh, aside from the alliteration, can you talk a bit about? Um, why you wanted to make that sort of like your three-word slogan, your platform? Well, I, I, again, I, that was part of my uh, my reason for running was I think it's one of the most important times for municipal government, and we do have some recovery to do post-pandemic. So many of our local businesses have been affected. Uh, our schools have been affected. So we need, and we're just coming into that, you know, recovery phase. So there's going to be a lot of decisions that are going to need to be thoughtful and uh, you know, well-informed decisions, and we need to help our local businesses. We need to revive them, getting the workers that they need, getting them back up, getting people feeling comfortable coming back out, and uh, so that Guelph can continue to thrive to be the great city that it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any particular barriers you're sort of seeing to that? Because I, I think, you know, a lot of people have been anxious and we, we've sort of seen that you know reflected in this summer at different events we've also kind of seen it reflected in the the covid cases frankly you know people are getting out and about that's how they're still getting infected so um what are some of the barriers you're looking at to sort of have that full reintegration that you're talking about uh, well i think some of the barriers especially for our local businesses are are getting the employees i mean there's signs all across every industry in Guelph, the serving industry, the manufacturing industry, we need to get people back to work. And then once we get people back to work, get them in the community, making this a community where they want to come and live and raise their families and work, then they're going to have that, that money that they can put back into our local economy and uh, you know support the, uh, the service industry and things along that line. It's interesting you should mention that. I, I, talk to Shakiba on a separate sh- uh, podcast, Shakiba Shani, the CEO of the chamber. There's a bus stop outside my house that has a, a paper sign in it for the Tim Hortons up on Woodlawn road. They're, they're, they're looking for help. Like this is that kind of outreach they're doing. Like we're just going to slap up help wanted signs and in, in bus shelters and see, see what happens. I know. I know. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about sort of the political landscape a bit in Ward three. Um, uh, technically, all seats are open, of course, but there is one incumbent from Ward 3 running yeah. in this race. Uh, one, uh, The other incumbent decided that uh, four terms was enough for her. Um, but in terms of representation, um, can you talk a minute about you know, what you think June is sort of leaving behind in terms of you know, the, the vacancy she's opened up and what you think, or maybe what you're being told by residents that Ward 3 wants in a new councillor? Um, in, in regards to June, I mean, whoever gets that, uh, the incumbent into that position has big shoes to fill. 
I mean, Jean has dedicated 16 years of, you know, municipal service to the residents in Ward 3 and has done a great job. And, and I think that they're looking, residents are looking for uh, one of the things that June had, which she was always available, right? She was available. She was out there. People know who she is. And that's not just related to long tenure because people can be in positions for many, many years and people would say, who? But that wasn't the case with June. So that, that's what I'm thinking. People are looking for someone that they can pick up that's accessible to them, that if they have a concern, they can speak to uh, and feel heard. Mm-hmm. And I guess how would, you know, going forward, how would you pick up that baton and, and you know, make sure that, you, you know, none of that connection is lost? Um, you know, there will inevitably be a learning curve as you or anyone in, in who gets elected to that chair is, is going to, you know, be learning on the job. Um, and you're talking about a lot of these important sort of word changing issues, like the, the matter of the potential underpass at Edinburgh. So, you know, how do you how do you stay on top of it while learning the ropes, as it were? Definitely. And I, I don't know if many people realize the scope of the job of a, of a municipal councillor, and it's enormous. There's, you know, nobody can be an expert in everything, and you don't want to be a jack of all trades, so you need to rely on your staff and uh, your, your community contacts and anyone you can to get information uh, to make those really informed, solid decisions. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a bit about what you would make, what, like, say you get elected on October 24th. Um, I mean, city council has its own, I guess, its own train. You're basically hopping a train as it's in motion because there's so much going on. But, you know, in terms of taking the job, making it your, making it your own and chasing the priorities you want to chase, you know, what's kind of the first thing you want to get down to? The first thing that we really need to do is learn to work as a cohesive group, right? We are coming together as a new group of, of uh, decision makers and counselors. We need to get to know each other on a, on, you know, not just a, a work platform. It's it's a job, right? And the residents of the city of Guelph and the residents that we're serving are our are, are managers, really. They're our boss. So we need to learn to work as a cohesive group. We need to get to know the staff. I think it's really important to have a trusting relationship with the staff of the city of Guelph who have proven themselves uh, a great group of people time and time again. But again, we need to learn to trust them. They need to learn to trust us. And so that we're, when, when, we're, when they're bringing things forward, that uh, we've got confidence in the information that they're bringing. And uh, I'm not sure I answered all of that question. <laughs> That's okay. Um, to wrap up, uh, I'm going to ask you the most important question of all, which is where can people learn more about you and your campaign? Uh, Well, I do have a website. It's www.michellerichardsonward3.ca. And Michelle only has one L. So uh, very important. My parents, my (laughs) middle name is Diane with two N's. So I said to my parents, like, what were you thinking? (laughs) And uh, my email is michellerichardson22 at gmail.com. Okay, Kathy Downer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> I noticed that little sarcastic laugh at the end. Um, <laughs> Always happy to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get down to business. Uh, I asked uh, your current wardmate this question, so I'll ask it of you as well. Um, is Ward 5 feeling a bit bigger this time as you're out pounding the pavement? 
Yes, it is. It is. And it, it's all, <laughs> there's that because it's, it's getting to know that new part of your ward. And like it goes all the way to Arkle. And uh, there's a lot of space that's undeveloped within that area too which is unusual we usually have really established neighborhoods in our ward so that's that's the case and you know i also a sense of loss because i mean the other side of the river between um you know between the wellington and waterloo you know i was fairly connected to those neighborhoods and so you know i'm feeling a bit of a loss not <laughs> having them as well as time so have to yeah. make new friends and that's say goodbye right. to old yeah. friends yeah. And I, I can appreciate how that might be a bit harder for you, uh, given your uh, longevity on council. Uh, so I again, I asked this to Leanne, and I want to get your two cents, too, because you're, you, you are both running for re-election. You've both been on council for a while, and you're running against four new people. So I guess uh, when you know, you're pitching yourself to voters, um, why should they choose experience over sort of new blood as it were um well that, that's a, that's a good question i mean i i think you know it, there's a lot of challenges facing guelph right now around growth around the mental health and addiction issues around affordable housing around a number of issues and i think that experience really does matter and the corporate memory is really important as well um so i i, I don't know like you know, I, and I, Leanne may have said this too, like change for the sake of change. Um, I, I believe that I still am an effective voice on council. Um, I bring a lot of stuff forward that has positive outcomes. And also for me, I think, I think 20 years is a, a testament to my success. I think the fact that I have been returned to, to Ward 5 and as a representative for them, um, is is not a sign that we need change, but is a, a, a symbol of my success as uh, somebody who has represented the ward well. I want to take advantage of that longevity for a minute. And, um, you know, a lot of people are talking about all the different pressures that are facing us right now. And in terms of challenges facing the city, um, how would you rank, I, I guess, the challenges that are facing us right now in terms of like all the elections you fought, you know, is this sort of the toughest in terms of all the things that people are concerned about? You know, I think, it, you know, that's good. That, that's another really good question. I think it is. I, I, you know, sometimes it feels a little overwhelming some of it, like it's, and I think some of it is, is that you, part of it is, is that it, some of it is out of our control. Like it's not the affordable housing. There's some things we can do to it but really it's a market driven issue and we need the province and the feds to get in on that and the, the mental health and addiction issues um, while we're on the front line of that the services are provided by the province and you know that that's a huge um, issue in our community so from that perspective um, sort of educating and getting that message out about what we need to do and what we need to be able to do around advocacy with those other levels of government, you know, having integrated comprehensive responses to those um, is, is, a, is, a, is a bigger plateful, let's put it that way. Um, it, it's, it's more, there's, 
more involved, I think, and and trying to talk to people around these issues. So the issues are certainly more complex than they have been in the past, where usually, you know, campaigns were more, you know, centered around local issues. These are sort of issues that are happening everywhere right now. Is that kind of a message then to whether people are running as challengers or people in the electorate that this election doesn't necessarily solve issues. Um, like the, the issues are so substantive, so systemic that, you know, just changing up council doesn't necessarily mean immediate widespread change. Yeah, I think I think it's it's disingenuous to say somebody, a councillor is going to solve affordable housing uh, mm. or they're going to solve the mental health issues. I mean, that's just it, this council has certainly done a lot on on homelessness. On the round of, at that, at, in our capacity, I mean, we, we can always do more and we're going to continue to do more, but there's been a lot more movement I've seen from a council perspective than I have in the past, maybe because we're trying to fill gaps at the province. But I think it's, it's more difficult um, to make those promises. But, you know, Adam, I've always ran a more value based campaign rather than an issues based campaign. So this is who I am and this is how I approach that issue. And um, my approach to things and what I value more than, you know, I'm going to solve all these issues for you. You know, I, I so I, I tend to shy away from that and just sort of, you know, this is who I am. This is my record and this is my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I want to lean on your experience for a sec because I've and this isn't a kind of a work five issue, but I've seen a lot of candidates talk about reopening let's let's call it reopening the library debate now you have been on council (laughs) long enough to remember when the debate started so in in, in as little time as possible could you maybe talk about the 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 pitfalls of going back to the well as it were going back to the drawing board so you know yeah, so one of the biggest pitfalls is, you know, probably in, in the in the late 90s, this project was $20 million. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so delaying it um doesn't doesn't help. And this is a project that has had to jump through more hoops than any other project in the city and I've ever seen in my history and probably since the history of the city. It's business cases, needs assessments existing condition assessments, location assessments, all kinds of them, like there must be about 10 different studies, some of them repeated, millions of dollars invested. So we really need to uh, get on with that. Plus, we have a partner, there's anticipated to be a groundbreaking in the spring, to try to get out of this now would probably cost more than what the library cost us. And I don't think people realize you're you're not going to solve anything, the existing libraries in such bad condition, Um, an elevator that breaks down every week. We know we can't expand on site. That's been studied numerous times as well. Uh, that, that breaks down every week, often with people with disabilities inside that elevator. Um, there's a, a, an ancient HVAC system. There's asbestos in that building. We really cannot delay that project anymore. So we have to, we have to move forward with this. It's, it's just going to be an astronomical cost not to actually. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of candidates, when they say that, I, I, I want to say to them, you need to go tour the existing library, really, you know? <laughs> and you need to look at the history of this. So, right. um, so I think it's folly for anybody to say that this is going to should be reopened. And if it does, I mean, if the next council chooses to reopen it, 
it, it'll be uh, a huge expense, far more than what the existing library costs. Us. We've already invested over 30 million in that, in, in that site. Right. To jump ahead a bit uh, to the present time, and some, this is a little more timely, given what happened in your ward this past weekend, the homecoming celebrations. <laughs> um, I know this has been at the police board. Um, it perhaps has, should be coming to council for debate too, but um, in terms of you know, who's responsible for these unsanctioned parties. And I think there's a lot of concern that it's, you know, probably causing more trouble and expense for the city than it it might be worth. You know, it's, how are you looking at this given that the university is in your ward? Right. So it, it, you know, and I've been on the homecoming committee and the town and gown committee. um, And I understand that there's talks with the university about contributing to policing. I, I think Kingston does. I think Kingston gets a hundred thousand dollars a year. I could don't quote you on that. I've already said it, but I, anyway, I do know they get money from the university. And I think we should continue on that. I, I, you know, I have people in my neighborhoods are questioning, really questioning the value of homecoming. Uh, like, what is it? I, who's coming home? Um, and, and, is it because I, you know, I understand that the football game and I, I hear they sold like eight over 8,000 tickets. It was, you know, you know, hugely successful from that perspective, but what it now has become when people say homecoming, they don't think of the football games. Now they think, you know, the general community, they think of the parties and um, that happened in the neighborhood and the expense and they see, they see all the res- responders that need to go, 40 ambulance visits, you know, fire, police, bylaw, all our bylaw were out. And you, you have to think, so what is really the value of this for the university and for the community? Um, and I understand that there are issues around canceling it because then, then the students or people who are involved in the parties, um, then, you know, they just pick an arbitrary date and say, this is going to be our homecoming party. But, you know, I, you wonder if, well, you may have tried that once. Should If you, for five years, it wasn't a homecoming like this or they did something else. So I, I think it does need continued evaluation. And, and I will continue to have that conversation and ask the university, what value is this really for our community? It does, it undoes a lot of the, uh, how the community feels about them it does, and does a lot of goodwill. It does. Uh, well, that brings us to the end and the most essential question of all, which is where can people learn more about you and your campaign? So they can look at my website, www.kathydowner.ca. They can email me at kathydowner at rogers.com. And uh, yeah, you'll find all, all my information there. And all the reasons, all the the long questionnaires that I've answered as well, including yours. (laughs) Including mine, fair enough. And once again, that was Michelle Bowman from Ward 1, John Bertrand, Dallas Green, and Michelle Richardson, all of Ward 3, and Kathy Downer from Ward 5. And that is it for this week's edition of Open Sources Guelph. We hope you liked it. Stay connected to us at our website, opensourcesguelph.com. Find us on the Facebook at Open Sources Newswire and on the Twitter at OS underscore Guelph. If you'd like to listen to the show again, and I would encourage you to do so or share it with a friend, you can download it from our website every Monday. You can get it at the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, or check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca. And you can also find Scotty Hertz on Facebook and Twitter at Scotty Hertz, H-E-R-T-Z. And that's on the social medias there. And stay tuned for all the programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return next Thursday at 5 p.m. for more open sources, more interviews, more election coverage. And we will see you then.